Yeah, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I am here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And so today is going to be another one of our deep dives from my last sermon that I did, which was wrapping up a series that I was doing for all of 2021, which was I'll do it tomorrow, finding the power to change. And the really the, the heart and the, the reason why I really felt led by the spirit to really kick off this new year with this is really comes from conversations that I've been having with my uh, just congregational members, from my friends and from those people, especially again in our church that I'm trying to serve. Um, I don't put these videos out on YouTube or put my sermons out on YouTube or put my podcast out on Spotify and all those places. Um, I'm not trying to do those things to try to build an audience and try to minister to people that I have no clue who they are. Now, I do believe that and I trust in God and that me doing these things, you know, hopefully somebody is asking this question and might stumble upon this and God is going to be able to bless them. I mean, I don't know how many times I've come across a blog article written by who knows who, right? And or this or that, that really just hit me, right? It just kind of really um, checked me or God used it to bless me. And so I do that for that. But the personal things, honestly, when I preach, I have someone's face in my mind, you know, and usually throughout the sermon, you know, different people's faces that I know pop up. And, and if I say something is because I know this is a question you've been asking. And I know if this person has been asking this question, I know those people exist. And I know more, there are more people out there that have the same question. And so that's my goal is to really hit to and answer and minister and bless and serve the people I know best. And I know if I do that, if I'm answering their question, I know it, I'm answering somebody else's question. Uh, when I used to be a teacher, well, still am, but uh, I was a high school teacher while also learning how to be a pastor for over a decade and still teach in different capacities right now. And I used to always tell kids, listen, have you ever heard the statement, there are no, or there's no such thing as a stupid question? Well, they lied to you. Okay. There is such a thing as stupid questions. Let's just be real. All right. Maybe you, you might be ignorant of something. And so your question to you is sincere, but... I'm just being real. That was dumb. Uh, but whatever. I'm just I'm being honest. But what I did say, though, is this. It's not the fact that there are no stupid questions because stupid questions do exist. But it's really the stupid question is the question not asked. I don't care if it is a dumb one. I, I would rather you ask a stupid question than not. Because what's stupid is not asking questions when you truly sincerely don't know. Because I, I used to have students all the time, you know, they would finally somebody would ask and they would say, okay, well, how wouldn't you, why didn't you tell me earlier? I was like, well, I, you know, I, I didn't want to look silly in front of people or I didn't want people to think any kind of way. I was like, man, forget them. And I was like, because you know what, this is you, like, you got to figure this out for you. If you want to be successful, if you want to pass the test and finally learn, forget them. Don't do, why are you trying to impress, especially in high school? Why are you trying to impress a bunch of people that honestly, in a few years, they're not even going to be in your life, man. I was like, just do what you need to do, get what you need to do and, and go. But also the reason why I say, you know, don't uh, any stupid question is really the question not asked 
is because if you're asking this question, then somebody else is going to have that question too, but they're too afraid. So if you are brave enough to ask the right question, you're going to help yourself and someone else. And so that was, uh, that, that's kind of where I get this. And so I want to challenge you guys. If you ever have questions regarding faith, find somebody, ask them, don't, don't worry if it's a stupid one, because listen, you're going to find yourself asking questions. You're going to find yourself confused, not sure what to do. Look, I got plenty of questions. I, I have more questions than answers to be real. And that's what really that that's kind of the biggest difference is, bro, I want to find those questions. I want to ask those questions. I want to see what solutions are there, if there is one or not. And listen, as, as we've been talking about, I'll do it tomorrow, finding the power to change. Um, I try to address some of those questions that I've personally had people that I've known had. And I say, man, I want to follow God more. I want to do this. I want to do that. But right, I want to do this. I want to do that. But and they give me all these excuses. I can't change or I, I can't find a way to seem to or this or that. And so throughout this whole series, we, we address those, uh, you know, the fact that, well, number one, maybe the problem is not what to do or and I actually answered that, you know, series, the first one, um, first sermon of the year, we talked about just maximizing today, you know, that when it comes to pursuing Christ, listen, follow Jesus today produces less regrets tomorrow. And so I wanted to really make sure and just put the urgency. You don't if you're going to put anything off, don't put off following Christ. Don't put off spending time with him. Don't do that. That's what you need to do today. And then we tackled procrastination, right? The, the importance of how that is a sin. Um, that's a sin. It just is. Not doing the right thing is the wrong thing. By default, that's a sin. And, uh, you know, training yourself in godliness, right? Doing, don't procrastinating, don't procrastinate the things that you know you're called to do. Again, spending time with God, developing disciplines. Hey, you want to be a disciple of Jesus? You need to have discipline. Be disciplining yourself. To reflect Christ more, um, and that—that's all that—that's—that's ma that's what matters. And in those things, being consistent. And and I finished the series with pretty much one challenge, and it's keep doing it. Okay, keep doing it. Now be consistent. So hopefully, it's like all right. We, we've been tackling procrastination. All right, fine, fine, fine. I, I know I'm supposed to maximize today. All right, I, I put y'all on notice. Procrastination is a sin that you need to repent of. Okay, so now we're not procrastinating. What do we do? That was week three, training yourself in godliness. And so then week four is keep doing it, okay? Keep doing it because, see, some people that are new in the faith, okay, if they, they want to be able to change or grow and, and sometimes they don't know what to do because they're new, you know, that's normal. So if you're listening and watching and you don't know what to do when it comes to following Jesus because you're new, it's okay. All right. That's fine. You've asked the questions, get started, right? Get your feet wet. Like I said, in the series, in the sermon, this last one, you got to get your feet wet. You got to start somewhere, start with something, just get going until you become familiar, until you get accustomed to it, until you understand, oh, here we go. You know, maybe your prayer is going to sound real weird at the beginning. Just go get your feet wet. And, and do that. And, and you'll learn to grow in your prayers and how to talk to God, how to listen. Maybe you don't, you can read the Bible and you don't understand half of it. Okay, well, get your feet wet and read something. John 3, 16, you know, just get started. Don't wait for it to be perfect because you won't. All right, get started. And so for some people, if you don't know what to do because you're new, that's normal. But for the rest of y'all, that should know better, but don't do better. Okay, that's not, that's horrible grammar. Um, Listen, 
then that, that was really the biggest thing, especially me challenging people that I know. It's like, listen, you know what to do. You know what to do. I, I, the problem is not you don't know what to do. The problem is, is that you're just not doing it enough. You know, it's, it's you're being inconsistent. Like when I was uh, when I was trying to exercise and kind of trying to get healthy and stuff, I would do great five days a week. Then Friday night, right? Cheat meal turned into cheat weekend. Okay. So I would, my, I would be disciplined Monday through Friday lunch, but Friday night, forget it. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, especially during football season, forget it. And so think about that. I was like, man, I started wondering, man, I'm busting my butt four or five days a week. And why am I not seeing results? Because I'm doing good for four days and then doing horrible for three. Just do the math. All right. Take four steps forward, three steps back. How far are you going to get if you keep that going? Right. That's it. it that, that's the part right there is, is the fact that I was being inconsistent. Yes, I was doing great half the week, but the other half the week that I wasn't. Well, when it comes to spiritually, guys, the same thing. You can be great on Sundays. But what about Monday through Saturday? Or maybe you can be great in the morning. Right? You can have a great start to your morning. But then God's not on your radar the rest of the day. You don't stop to pray for the rest of the day. You don't, you know, uh, the only, you know, worship music or the only Christian music you listen to is your devotion in, 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 you know, in the morning. And after that, you're hearing a bunch of filth, right? And you can't just be stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. So some of you guys know better and obviously you're not doing better. And so the problem is your consistency, but then I'll challenge you and I'll, and I, this is where my compassion comes in because this is probably where you the excuse would come up is, okay, well, yeah, I know what to do. I just don't want to do it. That's probably the, the hard part, right? You, just, you know what you want to do. Or you know what you would like to do. You just don't want to do it. And that's why you're inconsistent. You'd rather want to do other things. Well, that's why in the middle of the series, I called for a fast. If you don't want to do it, then if you ever find yourself, let me ch just challenge you guys if you're listening to this, because you're probably hearing this way later. You know, this is as of now, this is January 2021. So if you're hearing this at a different time and you find yourself not wanting to change, not wanting to do what you know you should do. Instead, you want to sin and you want to do different things. Let me just warn you. Your problem is, is that your heart has grown and gone cold. Your heart and your the mind, your soul has gone numb. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because, listen, if you want to be numb towards anything, or you, well, not want to, if you're numb towards anything at that point, you're numb to the love of Jesus. And you're numb to your own sin. You've rationalized, you've rationalized your mistakes so hard that it's like, well, it's not that bad. Listen, um, you don't need a savior if you feel like you don't need be you don't need, need saving, right? People who don't feel they need to be saved don't need a savior. Why are they gonna want to ask him help me if they don't feel like they need the help? Well, this is where sometimes guys our view of sin and our view of God's love is too small. You know, sin is a bigger deal than you'll ever come to realize, and God's love is a bigger deal than you will ever comprehend. And if you find yourself not wanting to, well, I feel like that that's a great opportunity to kind of, again, and if you're a mature believer in Christ and you find yourself in just kind of this rut, well, it's time to fast, okay? Fasting is you saying, I'm going to say no. 
I don't care if I want to. It's like, no, I'm going to say no to worldliness. I'm going to say no to worldly music and, and worldly entertainment. Now, is it a sin to do and participate in any of those things? Well, yes and no. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't always listen to only Christian, you know, sanctified, anointed music. I, I do. That's the primary music I listen to, you know, but there's also some songs out there that aren't, you know, they're not glorifying something disgusting. You know, maybe it's just a, just a good song. It's a good love song. It's a good just songs, a silly songs, a fun song. You know, um, I'll, I'll do something like that. But at the same time, if I feel convicted, I'm not going to do it at all. And, and I know that there's, there's a slippery slope to that as well. And so I just got to be cautious. You know, I don't always just listen or watch um, Christian entertainment, but I know definitely not to watch things that just glorify things all the time or just glorify the opposite, the anti-Christ, anti-Jesus. I don't glorify those. So I'll watch my, you know, I'll watch the Avengers and stuff like that. And I'll watch my Disney movies. Um, but if there's, if I feel like there's anything out there, I was like, whoa, you know, I'll have a conversation with the kids and like saying, hey, we're going to talk about that. Or if, uh, or we'll just shut it off you know, like, you know what, this is a little too much. And so we just bring that down because the things that entertainment guys, the things that entertain us, we have to be careful with because when we're entertained, our mind and our hearts, we kind of let the gu our guards down. And we need to be very cautious with that um, because then you can open up a door to something and, you know, you're, you're feeding your soul, you're feeding your mind. And so now I'm going you know, to tell you, if you feel convicted, yeah, don't do anything, you know, but um, that's just the point. So I'm just telling you, if you're not feeling something, then you need a detox. You need a spiritual detox. You need to detox yourself from the things of this world. And so, cause every time I see people do that, right. And, and they don't fast, you know, you, the motivation for your fast should not be, you know, I'm going to get something from God, right? No, that's manipulation. That's not fasting where I'm just going to, I'm going to go through this because I need God to answer my prayer and I want him to tell me something. No, no, no. Fasting, New Testament fasting is always done to draw closer to God. It is a temporary time frame in which you're going to say no to the things of this world on an extreme level so you can learn to draw near to the Lord. And guys, that's what matters. If, if you find yourself not wanting to, then you, your heart has gone so cold from the things of this world that you need to detox yourself from those things. Or let me put it on this one. I'm going to really bother somebody here. Or maybe you just weren't ever saved. Maybe you got close. Maybe you kind of flirted with it. And you kind of did enough religious activity at some point to make you feel good about yourself or feel better. And, uh, but that religious activity didn't do enough. It, it won't. And so then you feel you blaming maybe God or you blaming us. Well, no, it's just you, you put your faith in, in your still your behavior instead of the character and the nature of Christ. So guys, that's why it's important. You know, if, if you find yourself being inconsistent all right, and you're not ignorant and said, no, you're not new, then I challenge you, you know, just repent of your sins, maybe for the first time, truly, because there, there are a lot of people out there who think they're saved and they're not. Jesus used some examples to say, oh, there's some people out there, they're going to they're gonna be full of religious activity and they're going to point to all this kind of religious activity. And that can't save you. That can't save you. The only thing that can is faith in Christ Jesus and true surrender and, and repentance. 
And then uh, if you are saved and you've gone cold, then you need to fast fast. Okay. You need to make sure you're doing that. Discipline yourself. You've just undisciplined yourself. Let's just be real. You, you got lazy. You got lazy, and that laziness led to a spiritual trap, a spiritual stronghold that Jesus can and will take down and tear down. All right, but you got to present yourself. You got to give yourself to God. And so that's where this whole series that I wanted to do for today or the last sermon to wrap the series up is keep going. All right. Consistency, right? I said consistency is key. And so we got to continually be. Sometimes you got to understand we got to be continual Christians. Okay. When you repent of your sins one time, that saves you. That's awesome. But then there needs to be continual repentance. When the spirit checks you, when you realize that something is not right in your life, I was like, all right, God, Lord, repent. I repent of this. Bring me into a greater surrender. Lead me, help me. Now you're not praying for God to forgive you of your sins again. Okay. Because once God has forgiven you of your sins, it is one time for all time. It just is. The repentance after salvation is repentance towards sanctification. It's you are just saying, God, I am coming into agreement with you. I recognize this is wrong. I ask, you know, I recognize it's wrong. I thank you that you've forgiven me of that sin. But Lord, I need your help to help me develop this discipline. Lord, help me not to be this way. Help me to be more like you. Help me not to think like this. Help me to be more like you. Help me not to feel or react in this way. Help me to be more like you. You are asking when you repent post salvation, you are asking the Holy Spirit to bring you into greater alignment, into greater harmony in your life. As you're rejecting, like Paul would say, rejecting the old man, walking in the new, that's what matters. And so consistency is the key, but it's the right kind of consistency. I'm sure you've also heard the phrase, uh, practice makes makes perfect, right? We talked about the other one, uh, there's no such things as stupid questions wrong uh practice makes perfect also wrong okay well let me just kind of define that a little better practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect okay so let's say i want to practice the piano and i'm practicing but if i if i'm not if i'm practicing poorly and if i'm not practicing in ways to improve like that's what practice is right practice is the moment to say this, let me practice this one thing until I master it. But if I'm just out there just kind of doing what I want to do and just kind of, you know, not intentional and kind of being silly, that kind of practice will not produce perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. When I was um, in high school, when we were playing sports and stuff, I mean, our coach would always say, and, and I would, and I agreed. And I was like, yo, he, he, he's not wrong. Uh, the way you practice is the way you'll play. So if the team was kind of being silly and goofy and not honing our mistakes or not correcting mistakes and not learning how to do different things, focusing on the fundamentals, which honestly, as as we're Christians, we're supposed to focus on the fundamentals every day. Uh, If you're going to practice like that, that's how you're going to play. So you're going to if you don't correct mistakes in practice, you're going to make the mistakes in the game. If you are not working on improving your conditioning, you're going to be gassed by the by halftime. And so, guys, perfect practice makes perfect. And that's what my biggest prayer was as we were looking at this. Like, what does perfect practice look like? Well, it's training in godliness. It's it's learning and to say that, you know, your faith, which was Paul would say sincere faith is believing to the point of applying. That is sincere faith. That's how you know that your faith is real. 
when you believe to the point that you are applying. And guys, we're, con- we're called to continually do this, continually spend time with God. I mean, look at the New Testament and how many times now do you see that phrase continually come up? Paul, how many times would say, you know, pray in Thanksgiving continually. He would say, you know, pray without ceasing, right? Which means without stopping, like, yo, you keep this up. It doesn't mean that you have to be prayerful in prayer mode 24-7. It just means that you know that this connection with God is, is, is on your mind, you know, that we're meditating in God's word throughout the day, that we're, again, doing this continually, worshiping him continually. That's what Paul was talking about, right? Giving a living sacrifice. That speaks of continually every single day. As long as you are alive, as long as you are alive, give yourself to God, surrender to his love. That is something we're supposed to do continually because it is the love of God that is really the fuel to our fire. If your fire, if your spiritual fire is dwindling, it's because you just stop relying on the love of God. You, you've gotten really, you've lost the awe of the fact that this holy God has done what he's done for you. The fact that Christ Jesus loves you, that you're, you have a heavenly father that cares for you, that you have a spirit, the Holy Spirit that is your comforter and your friend, that, that Jesus laid it all down for you. Like we should never lose our awe of this. In fact, I've even heard that revival, revival, true revival is literally that true revival is learning how to fall in love with Jesus over and over again. That is what revival looks like. Falling in love with Jesus over and over again. Revival comes from revelation that as Jesus continually reveals himself, like, all right, God loves me. This I know because I guess the Bible told me so. No, see, whatever you know, this is why the continual thing happens. Because the more we continue in prayer and continue in scripture and continue in Christian community and continue in sacrificial love, the more we continue in this, what we know is expanded. And what you come to know, well, this is the love of God for me. But then because you're continuing in it, that, you know, God reveals a new level, a new layer. You see, oh, I never saw it like this before. And that's what happens. And that's where that Oh my gosh, like that revelation leads to that renewal, which leads to revival. Like your love is renewed because you are seeing a depthness that you never saw before. You're seeing an angle that you never knew was there, but was there all along. And see that, that renewal, that revelation leads to a renewal of your heart, renewal of your commitment, renewal of your love. And that leads to revival. So if we're not seeing revivals because we had a lot of people that just stopped, they stopped. And so, guys, I want to challenge you. If you, whatever practice you've begun to do, whatever spiritual practices you've been implementing, keep it going. I need that same energy next series. I need that same energy next month, next week, tomorrow. Keep it going if you want to see those kind of results. In fact, there was one translation that I saw. uh, I I quoted this, but um, where Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Well, when you look at that verse in context, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free to know it was not just intellectual. Okay. It was in the core. So he would say things like, you know, when you abide in the truth and the truth in me, when you apply, okay, when you live by, when you believe to the point that you apply, when you know the truth in this way, again, know it, believe it, live it. When you know it in this way, the truth will set you free. And even the the grammar in that is continually. God sets you free 
from sin once and for all. But the more we continue in the truth, the more we come to know of the truth, the more God reveals himself, the more God sets us free continually from poor habits and poor things and different strongholds and different chains and different ties and all these things. But we have to continue, continue, be in that. That's what matters. That's what matters. And so as we're wrapping up this series, I just want to encourage you, you know, challenge you with that is just keep that going, you know, keep, keep doing it. But that's, that's being disciplined and being disciplined. Eventually, listen, I, I hated working out every single day. I literally, I, I don't, I don't tend to, uh, I don't, I don't cuss, you know, that's not a thing that I do. That's just naturally just kind of flies off or whatever. But I mean, let me tell you, I, I cuss myself out every single run that I did for, you know, a couple of years, every morning I'm cussing myself out. Literally my, I just would unleash in ways that I never maybe sometimes wanted to and never did. Um, I just hated it. And, and it took time, but then the more I started seeing the results, the more I started seeing the, how I felt, I I wanted to now, like I get to the point that if I'm not working out, I'm bothered because I enjoy it to the, to that point. And see, that's the point guys. Maybe you, there's going to be certain things that maybe you don't get or you don't feel, but man, when you do it, knowing that it's just, when you surrender yourself into the love of Christ, man, that's, that's enjoyable. And then the more you do it, the more you realize you're not just doing religious activity. You are spending time with an eternal God. You, it's enjoyable. It's about the quality, not the not the quantity. And and it and then well, you know when the quality's in there, then the quantity follows. Let me be real. But guys, that's I want to just challenge you guys. You know, keep that going, keep that energy up, because man, God will continue to change you. And we got to make sure that we're doing what we need to do, change our habits, making sure we're including as much you know godly habits as possible, doing things you know, taking things out like if if. Uh, if you're talking a kind of way and, and you're just filling your mind up with movies and shows and people that you're reflecting that, like whatever comes in, comes out, right? Uh, you need to make some changes. Um, but listen, when you put God first and when you put him in the mix, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. So guys, that's when I want to challenge you, encourage you to keep up, keep doing that. That's, that's kind of, that's where we see revival. All right. That's where we see revival is learning to resist the things of this world and giving ourselves up, repenting to the point that God will continue to reveal himself and his love towards us because that revelation always leads to renewal. And when we keep returning and doing it over and over and over again, man, that produces revival and God will change us. And he does little by little. It's like I said, on uh, when I was talking about that, um, we're in the process. Like right now, if I mentioned the Jordan River crossing, you and I, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, when you said yes to Christ, when you confessed your sins and accepted him as Lord and Savior, you were like the piece of the, the priest that got their feet wet. Like you put your foot in that dry riverbed and now you've started a journey where God is calling you out from this world and into a new life in him. And crossing into as the one age is fading away, as the new age is fading in and his kingdom is coming and his will is being done. That's you. You are crossing that riverbed if you made that choice and decision because of what Jesus has done. You know, Jesus is there as our high priest and perfect Passover lamb. You know, he is the mercy seat, the blood covered mercy seat that is holding back the wrath of God to all who believe. And just keep going. 
Keep crossing. Keep going. If you've done that, you've gotten your feet wet, man, keep walking by faith. Keep stepping. Keep moving. That's what you need to do until the end comes, until our time has come or until the end comes and Jesus returns. Because that's when the true transformation will happen. It's already happening. You know, to even to give the other analogy, I talked about being bricks and butterflies. Listen, uh, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're a caterpillar that is in the cocoon. The cocoon is the love of God. The cocoon is the, is the presence of God. It's the truth of God. It's God himself. You right now, you and I, we are in that cocoon and God is transforming us from the inside out. And when death comes or when the Jesus returns, that's when that new glorified body is going to be revealed. It's going to be nice and it's going to be good. But until then, guys, you got to remain in that cocoon. Remain in the love of God. I, I quoted this earlier. Jesus said, abide in me. That was the word. Abide in me. Remain in me. Hold on. Keep going. Let God finish what he has started. And until the day, until that one glorious day comes. In fact, I wanted to end with a Disney quote and Philippians 3.21. So first Philippians, look what he says here. In uh, Philippians 3, Paul is talking and he says in verse 31, listen, we are citizens of heaven. And guys, we need to remember that, that yes, we might reside. Our, our address might have a earth zip code and coordinates. But if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, your home is not here. Okay. Our home is in Christ. Okay. We are citizens of a different country. Okay. Uh, in fact, we're citizens of a kingdom. We have a king. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. And we, watch this, eagerly waiting for the return of our Savior. Eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. Guys, that should be our, our approach. We are eagerly waiting for Jesus to return. Eagerly waiting for us to meet Him. But that eagerly waiting is not passive. That eagerly waiting is active. It is us sacrificially living and giving of ourselves towards others. We're not just sitting here, just kind of looking at the clock, man. Yo, God's taking a sweet time. No, that's not eagerly waiting. Eagerly waiting is with activity. That's the worship that God desires is that we are living and showing and reflecting sacrificial love towards God, towards one another's. That is how we wait. I even read today in my devotional that Jesus was talking about. Pray that God finds you busy. Pray when Jesus returns that he finds you, those that are not idle, but active. Right? And that's what we're called to do. Be eagerly waiting. But check this out. He, being Jesus, will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Listen, I know when we look at things in the world, there's everybody's arguing about who's in control. Okay. Who's in control, who's in control, who's fighting for control, who wants to be in control. Listen, God's in control. And here it says he will change us by the same power that he will bring everything under control by the same power that he will change everything. He will change us. And so Guys, I want to encourage you. That's what we have to look forward to. Okay? Consecration today. Glorification tomorrow. God is doing something great. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that. Hold on to him. Eagerly awaiting him because, man, you 
just your love for him as a response of his love for you, man, it, you, you can't not, you can't keep from telling somebody else. You can't keep from shining the light of Jesus. That is our action. That is our attitude until Jesus returns. Okay. We're not, no more, no more leaving for tomorrow. What should be done today? And when I say that, it's again, following Christ, enjoying Christ. This is the Disney quote that I was telling you. There's a ride. Uh, me and my family, we're Disney dorks, if you guys know. And we, we go, we have passes and stuff. And there's a ride over at Disney called the Carousel of Progress. And it's pretty cool. It, it, I like it. It's kind of corny, but it's, it's nice. Carousel of Progress. And it shows, it's this spinning circle that kind of goes around. Uh, Disney, um, Walt himself, put it together. And it just kind of shows how humanity has progressed through technology and things like that. And um, there's the theme song that goes, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. It's only a dream away, something like that. All right. But that phrase, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Okay. Walt, he's right. And I'm right. You know, obviously we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Maybe literally tomorrow might not be as good as it was today. But tomorrow for Christians is different. Because when we think tomorrow, we don't think technically, literally tomorrow. We think of what will happen one day when Jesus returns and sets all things right. And so I want to challenge you and remind you, listen, if you want to see progress, talking about carousel of progress, right? And great big, beautiful tomorrow. If you want to see progress in your life, okay, keep trying, keep going. If you want to see progress, number one, put your trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Okay. And if you want to see progress and you've done that, cool. Just keep going. Because let me tell you, there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow for all who choose to follow by faith Christ Jesus today. And if you do that today, trust me, you're going to have less regrets tomorrow.